You are listening to The Black Landscape with Andrea Spearman, where Black excellence is always trending. Welcome back. This is your host, Andrea Spearman, and this is the Black Landscape Podcast, where we engage with emerging and established Black leaders here in the San Francisco Bay Area. I am a light-skinned Black woman with dark brown curly hair up in a bun, and I'm wearing light pink glasses and pale pink sweatshirt embroidered with a little boba teacup. Today, we're here with Mark Allen. Please describe yourself for our listeners. Today, I'm giving an early morning, rainy day, all black kind of look. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm a black man, dark skin with locks um, dyed at the tip and um, just an all around artist. And um, I'm comfortable. (laughs) Yes, comfortable. I love the aspect of giving a a visual for the listeners. Absolutely. Absolutely. We never know who's listening. And we want to just give people a visual, imaginative representation mm-hmm. of who we are. Mm-hmm. I first met Mark several years ago through a mutual friend, our, one of our previous guests, Shanice Whitaker, and have grown to know his work as a digital artist and photographer. But before we dive deep into that, can you give the audience some background about you? Like, where did you grow up? Where did you come from? I'm from Oakland. I grew up in the Bay Area, uh, mostly Oakland and Berkeley, so I'm definitely a product of my environment. I've been an artist as long as I can remember. Uh, My earliest memories are just of blank paper and sharpened number two pencils. Like That's always been what sort of gets me up, so to speak. Um, I stay curious, um, and I'm, I'm always trying to hone my skill, so... Were there any arts programs or specific arts academies that drew you in or that you were part of growing up that really set that spirit and that tone in you? Actually, yes. Um, When I was younger, I was a part of MOCA, the Museum of Children's Art. Yes. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I did that. And I think I think I was even interested in art before I did MOCA, which is why my parents put me in MOCA. But I think that was my first uh, that was my first sort of sort of gallery experience. Um, mm-hmm. I think I was like maybe eleven, but we had our little drawings on the wall, and that was the first time that the public, like people I didn't know, were seeing things that I made, and so that was a pretty impressionable experience for me. I love that, and see, that's why we have to encourage young artists. Absolutely, yeah, because that feeling that you get when you work hard on something and you take the time to really put thought into it and then to see that final production presentation showing oh the feeling and actually i think i was younger than 11 i think i may because i i feel like i was in kindergarten first grade when i did mocha so i was definitely a lot younger than 11 i don't know why he was a baby yeah i was i was young when i did that nice Um, but yeah i was a kid (laughs) That is so great. That's exactly what we need. More institutions reaching out and encouraging the young people. Absolutely. I think I, um, I think the encouragement from older people who are in the field is what made the largest impression mm. uh, along the way. 
to people who are actual artists and who actually love art. Um, Cause you you know, kids can feel the difference, um, not just within art, but in all subjects. Like if you're trying to teach a child something that you don't fully believe in, they know that. Mm. <laughs> they know that mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm just, I'm grateful for the people I've had in my life. And were those people your parents or like act- or other like artists in the community who are black and old, you know, our elders? My, well, my mom is probably the largest influence and she herself is an artist. She's a musician um, as well as an educator. Most of her work surrounds anti-racism and dismantling those notions, but she's also an accomplished musician um, and composer. And so I definitely grew up around performance and stage presence and just showmanship because uh, as I was growing up, she was doing the Castleers, which um, was the Castlemont kind of show choir in the 90s. Yes. Yeah. And they were, you know, they were doing big things. Um, so my mom, <laughs> they were, yes, they were. And so after Phil Reader um, passed, my mom took over in the 90s. And so that's that's when I kind of came up around performance and entertainment and so a lot of that is reflected in my work so um so yeah to answer your question um, my my mom was a major influence as a leader and also my grandmother who um who instilled a lot of that leadership in my mom so um so those are my first sort of leaders (laughs) black women black women yes absolutely yes we're the key we're the root Mm-hmm. And you'll—I mean, we'll get it. I'm—I'm I'm assuming we'll get into my actual art later, but you'll see in my artwork, black women are really the the blueprint for my work. Women are just so powerful to me because of the fact that women have been the most powerful force in my personal life, and so a lot of my work is is uh, reflects feminine energy and female empowerment. Absolutely. No, talk about it now. Say more. Yeah. <laughs> well. um well, yeah, I mean, a lot of, so most of the work I do is digital, as you mentioned, um, but I also mm-hmm. do uh, watercolor um, work and resin art. And I think the most consistent theme across all of the mediums I work with is a strong female, uh, a strong feminine presence. I was I was influenced by a lot of strong females, but I also recognize that feminine energy in myself. Mm-hmm. And I like to, um, I like to express that. I like to express that in, in the best way I know how, and that's through art. And so a combination of uh, my own energy and the energy that has been instilled in me through the most powerful people I know in my life, which are women. Yes. Uh, and so that uh, that is, that's very much influenced in the way that I work. Absolutely. And being in the art scene here in the Bay Area, Yes. How do you see or do you see other people also being inspired by black women or women in general and allowing their feminine presence to be in the forefront of what they do? I think that um, so uh, the answer is yes, Um, (laughs) largely from other women Mm -hmm. and the feedback that I get from uh, women who view my art is that it's sort of refreshing that there is this man who um, who isn't 
Well, well, this is mostly relating to photography, but a lot of women feel like when men do art that relates around female, it's highly sexualized. Mm. And even, especially in photography, when you have photographers who are directing uh, women, there's no, um, there's a lack of rapport. And so women are, are often uncomfortable with, with male photographers. And this is, this is from what I've been told from people that I've worked with. Mm-hmm. Um, Lived experiences. Often, yeah, exactly. Women are often uncomfortable with um, a lot of male photographers who have women at the center of their work because it's, it's often uh, over-sexualized and there's a lack of rapport and there's a lack of understanding for, for, for what women are comfortable with. And so I try and be very cognizant of that. And that's largely because of what my mom instilled in me and, and my sister, mostly as she's growing, she's younger than I am, but as she's growing up and studying psychology, she's also becoming one of the largest female influences in my life. And so, yeah, listening, listening to all these women and just sort of trying to listen to what they're saying and instill that into my interactions um, with other people, I think is what uh, sets me apart from a lot of other male artists. But I do see that there are, there is a lot of feminine influence and other artists. Absolutely. And since we're talking about photography now, when did you make the jumping point from digital artist to photographer? Um, well, actually, I started in photography. I, I've been doing photography since high school. And then uh, before high school, I was doing like illustration or something. I don't, I, I've always been doing something artistic. But, um, but what I remember is in high school, I was doing, um, I was like making graphic collages in class and my I went to Oakland School for the Arts so I was in art class <laughs> um, and I was like making graphic collages from images from the internet and my teacher was like you know instead of using images from the internet you might just want to take your own pictures <laughs> and I was like <laughs> <laughs> and so I you know picked up a camera and you know the rest is history so um, I, I started in photography and then actually it wasn't until the pandemic that I started doing digital art um, okay. because okay. I had photography. By that time I had started a business, um, but business was obviously halted um, during the pandemic. There wasn't a lot of demand for photography because there weren't a lot of events happening. Um, so I had to figure out another <laughs> avenue of revenue um, so I picked up digital art. I saw that people procreate, I think had just like come out or it was just like big or whatever. But anyway, I got that. I started, um, doing digital art and I've been focusing on that pretty much ever since 2020. And that's pretty much been a, a another major art style of mine since then. So I'm glad to have discovered it. Nice. And, yeah. you know, in your photography, what do you look for or what are you inspired by? Cause I know that you take, you know, awesome photos of people and, you know, photographers, there's always like where the, where the money is of like, you know, bridal and headshots right. and events, but like, what's the, what's the artistic side of like capturing what's truly inspirational to you? And I'm glad you mentioned that because actually what pays the bills oftentimes mm-hmm. is not what actually makes me happy. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's that's an interesting side of being an artist that I think all artists can relate to is sometimes you just got to pay the bills. Um, Absolutely. Don't be out here on the streets. <laughs> starving. <laughs> okay. Especially, right. Especially if you able. <laughs> like, yeah. come on. Um, but on the other side of that, what really makes me happy is um, fashion, photography, um, uh, art, photography, um, just anything sort of artistic, anything that has to do with mood and color and line mm. um, is often what I'm inspired by. Um, but yeah, with a huge emphasis on fashion. And so a lot of my photography work is um, headshots or portfolios, um, things of that nature. And I do events, like I said, to pay the bills and whatnot. But um, a lot of my work is fashion centered. Yes. And when you say moods and lines, does that involve a lot of vibrant colors? Is it very moody, artisty and dark and neutral? <laughs> yeah, my uh, my personal. So, well, right now I'm trying to work now at that I'm 32 and that I, we're sort of post. I mean, we're still in the pandemic, but we're sort of mm-hmm. post like crazy pandemic. I'm starting to explore new aspects of my artistry, but typically mm-hmm. my mood is very dark. Um, I, I like to work with blacks. I think I am very good at conveying uh, darker moods <laughs> than, than lighter moods. I, I'm always apprehensive to work with color. So a lot of things you'll see are a little on the darker side. But lately, I'm trying to add like little splashes of, you know, some some reds and some yellows and, you know, trying to brighten it up because it's a brand mm-hmm. new day. It's a new day you know? Yes, it's so. a brand new day. And right now we're going to take a short break to catch up on previous episodes of The Black Landscape. Download on Apple Podcasts, Buzzsprout or Google Podcasts. When we come back, we will hear more from Mark Allen. When you are shopping for essentials, isn't it annoying to see the high-priced brand labels for basic everyday products? Try Brandless instead. Brandless is one of the world's fastest-growing commerce platforms. They make it easier for people to take better care of themselves, their families, and the planet by working with the best ingredients, partners, and customers to drive community-led innovation and validation. By focusing on collaboration over control, quality over packaging and people over promotion they're leading a movement that believes that making better choices should be simple and easy all of their products are high quality yet offered at simple fair prices i've been using the essential oils of eucalyptus and lavender in my home for years and given out many gift baskets from their beauty line just last year i purchased a set of wine glasses and a cheese platter kit that has been used for many family gatherings For every product sold at Brandless, you can be sure that they've scoured the world to research and meet the quality gold standards for that category. They really prioritize offering products that match people's values, preference, and requirements. Whether it be organic, non-toxic cleaning supplies, or cruelty-free and clean personal care products free of over 400 questionable ingredients. Their products are crafted with intention, so you can brand less and live more. Get 15% off your purchase today by using the link in my bio. Try Brandless today and save on beauty, health, and home decor. 
we're back with digital artist and photographer Mark Allen. That's me. So, Mark, I've seen your work and it's divine and it's uniqueness. What are you currently working on? You just said that you were moving into some vibrant colors. What does that mean? Yes. Okay. So with digital art um, came with a whole bunch of opportunities to include some different mediums that are harder to attain with traditional art. And there's, I mean, you'll hear artists argue between like the importance of the traditional medium versus moving into digital, especially with the AI. But I think the, the good thing about digital art is you have a lot at your fingertips and you can just play with a lot. Right now, what I'm working on is designing masks. I've also started 3D printing because I can't, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do everything. I'm doing everything under the sun. <laughs> yes. I started 3D printing. And so lately what I'm working on is designing um, masks to be 3D printed. Yeah, with that, I'm just trying to continue to explore colors and shapes and moods and um, just, yeah, I'm, I'm working on, I'm working on everything. And so I'm, I'll, I'm doing trap art. Uh, Come on, trap art. Yeah. I'll be showing a lot of new pieces there. And then I also have a brand release coming up around my birthday in February where I'll be releasing merch. I'll be releasing like apparel. So, um, so yeah, Ooh. I'm working on apparel. Okay. And- well, see, that's going into the next thing. Like what's coming up. So when is the trap art? event so trapper is january 13th mm-hmm. january 13th it's in san francisco um hopefully we can link the information because it's not all at the top of my head but i know it's in san francisco on january 13th at like 10 p.m <laughs> absolutely we will absolutely have this information in the caption y'all that okay, means you yeah. gotta read <laughs> <laughs> and then um the uh, the brand release in February. Hopefully, you all will stay tuned. Um, I'll have more information on that as time draweth near. But that is definitely also happening um, towards the end of February. So be on the lookout for that. That's going to be a huge endeavor for me. That's what we have to do as artists: take those big leaps. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that's what you are currently working towards and what's coming up next. What are some of your larger goals or dreams? We're talking dream talk now, (laughs) y'all. Fashion design has always been a huge dream of mine. Um, I really want to be able to put something on someone. Mm. I just, I want, I want to see someone wearing my art. And I think it's always sort of led in that direction. Um, you know, even with like photography, with um, 3D printing, with digital art, it's all sort of been fashion based. And so I, I really want to move into starting to put some people in some stuff. Um, absolutely. I'm available. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. For fittings, for design, for shows, uh, for print work. <laughs> if y'all didn't know, listen, so I do a Look, for those who don't know, I have done a little side modeling, okay. uh, walking the runway here and there. Not a professional, not a professional. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't come for me. I'm not a professional. I've done okay. it for the joy of helping others. <laughs> uh, don't, don't start looking for me now. Like, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> I'm available to support, to be a mop, to share the work once it's finished and be a part of 
your ongoing artistry. And if, you know, if you are looking for some folks and want to spread the word about some modeling uh, call, you know, out calls or outreach, let me know. We'll definitely Thanks. promote it here on the podcast. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So that's, yeah, that's what's coming up. Yes. There are so many layers to you, black man. <laughs> and I'm, you know, I'm trying to cash in on all of them. Trust me. Thank you so much for sharing with us today, Mark. Where can the people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Mark um, dot my territory. But you know what? It'll be easier to just go to my website, <laughs> www.markallendesign.com, and you'll find all of my links to everything there. Um, so yeah, www.markallendesign.com. Thank all of you out there for listening and supporting another season. This has been another episode of The Black Landscape, where Black excellence is always trending. 